Love is amazing, but it's also bullshit, and it might also get you murdered. Welcome to the second episode of Love is Amazing, but it's also bullshit and could get you murdered. Um, this week we have fuck. <laughs> What is that, Tinder? <laughs> no. <laughs> this, this week we have the uh, disappearance of uh, Jamie Lady. And, uh, Lady? Lady, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, she she seemed like a super nice girl who uh, ended up uh, unfortunately falling in love with the wrong person. And then more than likely getting murdered by him. I... I say more than likely, and we'll get into this later, but uh, we don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Well, actually, one person knows. One person knows, <laughs> but unfortunately, that person is uh, full of fucking shit, <laughs> and uh, what he says cannot be trusted. But um, first, let's uh, let's. I just want to give a big shout out to our, our sponsors. Um, we we have no sponsors. <laughs> we still have no sponsors. You know, but let's give out a shout out to people we might want as sponsors. Sure. How about um, uh, Magic Hat? Yeah, Brewing Magic Company. Hat. Yeah, <laughs> Magic Hat. It was made in Vermont. It's uh, the beer we're drinking right now. It's delicious. Yep. And yeah. um, who, who else could be a good sponsor? Maybe. Um, well, there's um, in Jersey City, there's this wig uh, store mm-hmm. that I think would make a good sponsor. Like, we're a true crime podcast. They sell wigs, so if you like, if you need to get away from somebody, the authorities, they would be the ones who would sell you a wig that you would put on. And then we all know that once you put on a wig, that's it. You're you're good. I I, I think I got a new tagline for them, which is, uh, "When you're wigging out, we'll wig you out." I like it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Okay. So, let's get into it. Jamie Lady was a very sweet girl uh, who ended up going missing in March of 2010. She went to the University of Michigan. She was a big-time football fan. She was a big booster. Uh, I don't know what a booster is, but whatever it was, that's that's the thing she was. That's what she did. That's what she did. And, um, you know, she had a lot of pressure to succeed from her parents. You know, I think her... Uh, well, she was like first generation Thai, right? Like first yeah. generation American Thai immigrant. I mean, was she? I was mm-hmm. just going to say Asian American, but... Yeah, no, no, no. Let's do that because I'm not sure I'm right. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, that's, that's important. And... Uh, her parents wanted to, her to go to medical school, but she didn't. And one of the um, themes you'll see throughout this story is that uh, this this person is a very private person, and that is a, a feeds in later because uh, once she goes missing, she ends up missing for a while, and uh, part of it is because she was like very she was estranged from her parents. Um, she kind of like kept to herself, not really a recluse, but, and you know, I, that's something I often fear, right? You know, what do you mean by that? I don't know. Like if, have you ever been scared? Like, you know, damn it. Well, 
Nah, I guess you wouldn't. But I, I mean, <laughs> you know. Well, elaborate on that a little bit. Let's, uh, what are you getting at? No, you, you ever been like at a point where like, man, if I, you know, drop dead right now, like if nothing's going on, people won't find me for like four or five days, which is actually not a, that long compared to um, two months. Yeah, exactly. But that's neither here nor there. I think <laughs> there was a case on Wikipedia where this girl, I forget what her name was, but she actually ended up uh, dying in her apartment and she was there for like a year and she was like mummified. So, uh, yeah, I, yeah, you know, and I've heard stories like that before too, mm -hmm. you know, one of which was turned into an ill-fated short film that I helped out on. <laughs> okay. All right. That's, 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 that's yep. the film. It just, some, someone dies and then they decompose in their apartment. Well, yeah, it was that one lady's movie. Oh, right. right, right oh right. yeah. And yeah, it was a nightmare. The story had huge holes in logic. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, after school, Jamie moves to uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and she's there and she's selling medical supplies. And she's apparently making uh, a bunch of cash. And she's doing pretty well for herself. But she's lonely. Mm -hmm. Or so the videos on YouTube tell us. Um, so, she ends up joining... University of Michigan alum club in Arizona where she could like meet other people and uh, kind of interact and have like a little bit of a social life and that's where she met uh, this uh, fucking dude Brian Stewart Brian Stewart uh, she was hot <laughs> I mean I did. how else do you put it so um, she was hot you know uh, clearly just um, like right off the bat very unlikable guy Yes, naturally. Like, you're like, this fucking dude. Like, immediately. <laughs> and uh, and we're going to see how that plays in later. I keep on plays in. Like, I should just tell the story, shouldn't I? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what am I, like, uh, uh, Arthur foreshadowing? You know, this is stu <laughs> it's a podcast. All right. Um, <laughs> Brian Stewart says the attraction was immediate. I mean, you know, he's not a bad-looking dude. Yeah, I guess so. He's a good-looking guy. I mean, that's... He, he's a normal-looking guy. Like, he doesn't look... He's like... handsome. He's traditionally handsome. Okay. Well... He got, like, broad shoulders. He got a good face. He's a personal trainer. Yeah. Okay, so yes, he's yeah. traditionally handsome. Like, if he had a good personality, he would be, he would be a catch. Sure. And I'm sure that's what Jamie thought. Yeah, but his personality was horse shit. <laughs> They started dating in the fall of 07. Uh, a year later, Brian moves in with Jamie and um, in, into the uh, affluent suburb of Chandler. Yes, you, you've been to Arizona, you know what Chandler is. Uh, Chandler sucks. Chandler sucks. But, <laughs> but I, I guess it's, it's nice if you could afford to live there. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this guy was basically like a huge mooch. Uh, she was making over 100k a year. He was a personal trainer, so he was just kind of like, kind of like just a drain on her finances. But then the crash happened in 08, and in August 2009, she lost her job, 
and she couldn't find the job and she was searching and she was just uh she's searching everywhere she couldn't find anything and this kind of put like a bit of a strain on their relationship you know it was like when it rains it pours for jamie it was pouring and um brian says that she became very despondent and she was very much like uh that apparently she was very private to begin with but now according to him she turned into outright recluse sure which is you know never a fun person to date <laughs> even though i mean i would rather you know just for the most part when i'm dating someone i think it's way more chill to just stay in sure you end up saving a lot of money watch a lot of true crime documentaries <laughs> like amanda knox oh yeah that one was great it was a good one yeah or um well, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, um, let's see. Couldn't find a job. At somewhere during this time, Brian rents a condo in Scottsdale. Uh, I don't know where the hell Scottsdale is in terms of Chandler, but he... It, it's still Phoenix. Okay, it's still Phoenix. <laughs> it's it's still... I, I, I think Phoenix is the Florida of the Southwest. Yeah, well, you know, like, I, I would equate, like, Phoenix to being, like, uh, Los Angeles. Yeah. But just the worst parts of Los Angeles and yeah. nothing. It's like, it's like all the valley. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, yeah. like, it, it just sucks there. Yeah. And people from Phoenix are Phoenician. Ever <laughs> heard that Louis C.K. bit? <laughs> so Brian ends up getting a, a, a condo in Scottsdale. How the hell he could afford a condo, I have no idea. Uh, he probably used Jamie's money. And on the night of March 17th, 2010, uh, according to Brian, he wanted to break things off with Jamie. But when Jamie came over, uh, she surprised him by saying, I got a job in Denver and I want you to come with me. And then he said, no, I'm not leaving Arizona. I'm not going to marry you. Uh, which, you know, like I, I think is a huge mistake. Sure. But but then again, this whole conversation probably never happened because this is what Brian Stewart said. Yeah, exactly. So why I don't even know why I'm I'm even like <laughs> <laughs> it was a huge mistake. The thing you did in the lie you're telling right now <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. So he came up with this story. That's that he's that's what he tells everyone. That's what he tells the police later that uh, that Jamie wanted to move to Denver with him and he was like no no I'm gonna stay here in Arizona and you know just kick it as a personal trainer with your credit cards but he's, he's telling different stories to different people and he and he tells this uh, one woman her name is Melina Buffer who is the president of the University of Michigan alumni Brian ends up telling her that Jamie dumped him and moved to Colorado. So so he has all these different stories going on. He's telling like the police one thing. He's telling um Molina. Molina another thing. And he's basically, you know, getting his stories kind of mixed up. In the forty eight hours interview, uh, when the interviewer asked, Brian, when's the last time you saw Jamie alive? He gives this answer. 3.15 a.m., March 18th, 2010. 3.15 a.m., March 18th, 2010. 
Now that just has fucking guilty written all over it. <laughs> like who remembers stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those yeah. situations where like those details are so like precise. Yeah, that... it does no, no one no one does that. You know, it's sometime early in the morning. You know, before I left. That's what a normal person would say. Yeah, and I think he also said even though that they were, like, splitting up, they ended up, like, hooking up that night. Yeah. And then, you know, he, like, kissed her on the forehead and then left. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, like, one of those things that's, like, uh, what what was the last thing you did with your wife? We went to Bed Bath & Beyond in Grove uh, Street, 846th. Jersey City at 6 p.m. on Tuesday, October 9th, uh, 2012. We picked out throw pillows, uh, three of them that are uh, sandalwood, tan. And, and, and our total bill was $67.83. Yeah. And the guy helping us was named Fred. Uh, he was... He was a portly man yeah, of a staunch yeah. build. He, he, he <laughs> said he wasn't a UCB improv course. He invited us to a show. We did not... You know, it's just like, <laughs> all right, you are a lying piece of shit and you murdered your wife. All right. <laughs> so, let's talk about Brian Stewart for a bit. One of the things Brian keeps on saying is that uh, Jamie was fiercely private. And that's why three months go by and no one knows that she's missing. Like, nobody. Mm -hmm. Like, her friends, uh, her parents, she's estranged from her parents. You know, he's telling people that she just dumped him and moved to Colorado. And nobody, nobody hears from her. This seems to, people just buy into this story because no one does anything about it until May 28th. On May 28th, he ends up calling um, Melina. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he basically says, I'm worried about Jamie. I haven't heard from her. And then she ends up calling a private investigator. And the private investigator does a little research on both Brian and Jamie. And what she finds out is Brian lived with a man named Rick Wayne Valentini in Michigan. Mm -hmm. uh, he, apparently, he had two residents. And each time he had a, uh, a roommate yeah, yeah, named like Rick Wayne on Valentini. On the lease as well, yes. Yeah. In regards to Jamie, the private investigator couldn't find anything. The private investigator, he couldn't find uh, a paper trail. He couldn't find, um, what what are other things that people leave? Yeah. Well, like you couldn't gas find- Gas station receipts? Yeah, gas station receipts, like uh, plane ticket stubs. Yeah. Uh, she quit responding to her emails and she was generally very good at responding to emails and right. phone calls. Right, yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, so finally, Brian calls Jamie's parents, and Jamie's parents call the cops. The cops end up searching Jamie's home, and they're also trying to get in contact with Brian, but Brian's being very evasive. They leave, like, several voice messages, and uh, he's not picking up. And then, finally, they get a, a hit on Jamie's car. They find Jamie's car in Scottsdale, and guess who's driving it? Who's that? Brian Stewart. Bum, bum, bum. Brian Stewart is driving the car. They arrest him because he was driving with a suspended license. And they arrest Brian on May 29th, 2010. And so now they got him in the interrogation room. And Brian just keeps on saying over and over during the interrogation, she went to Colorado. 
Uh, she just kind of like left. But when, when the police checked her house, her luggage and clothes were still there, uh, but her wallet and keys were missing. Walk me through what happened around March. It was simple, really. Um, she hated everything about the state. She wanted out. Now, she'd been up there for interviews. I suspected that she would get the Denver offer. Mm -hmm. okay. Then, as the interrogation goes on, uh, they find a couple of inconsistencies with uh, just not Brian's story, but just Brian in general. He's a very <laughs> inconsistent person when it comes to identification. Or facts. Or facts, yes. <laughs> Brian gave a date of birth that does not match his Arizona ID. You have an Arizona ID, don't you? Yes, I do have an Arizona ID. Okay. I mean that you can't use because it's like half. Well, yeah, it's questionable. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can't rent a car with it. Are you Brian Stewart? Uh, I might be. Yeah. No, uh, my birth name's Rick Valentini. Where Jamie, you motherfucker. <laughs> okay. So the cops are interrogating this dude. He seems like just a, a, a sketchy sketchy dude and they keep on finding a lot of weird stuff while they're searching brian's apartment they find a michigan id with the name rick wayne valentini on it but the picture of brian stewart his face that he was using in arizona was on the id where the name was rick wayne valentini you're not really brian stewart at all are you to me i am but not legally are you well, legally, I'm not anything. So wait, Aaron, you mean to tell me that this Rick Valentini and Brian Stewart are the same person? I do. Okay. I do. That is, that is exactly what 48 Hours said. <laughs> <laughs> as, as well as uh, uh, Grave Secret, the other um, <laughs> video we watched about this. Brian Stewart is Rick Wayne Valentini. Rick Wayne Valentini is Brian Stewart. Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. Stewart is Valentini. Valentini is Stewart. There was no roommate. He was just this dude that he said was his roommate in Michigan. What happened was in October 2001, when Brian Stewart had enough credit history, the name Brian Stewart had enough cre credit history, he split Michigan and he moved to Arizona, and that's where he became Brian Stewart. The whole time he's driving, he's insisting he's Brian Stewart. He's just... Brian Stewart, Brian Stewart, Brian Stewart, Brian Stewart. I was always saying, listening for Brian Stewart, Brian Stewart, because it's a new name. Basically, uh, so why did he end up becoming Brian Stewart? Well, he said that he has a very tragic childhood. Everybody takes their name for granted. Your, your name is the very core essence of who you are, of what you are. And you find out it, that it's all a lie. And then you find out that your own father doesn't even know you exist because your own mother didn't bother to tell him. Uh, he lived in a garage for a bit. His mom was 18 when she had him. Her, his dad was out of the picture. He was abused physically and emotionally, which is, you know, all stuff that we somebody could be like oh, okay I, yeah i i could understand why you might be running sure from your past but, but 
as they look a little deeper, Rick Valentini has a lot more secrets than that. He has three ex-wives and two daughters. So he wasn't running. I mean, he might have been running partly because he had such a shitty childhood, but he was also running just to evade his responsibilities. Maybe don't put babies in people if you're not going to um, stay there and yeah, try to, you know. Well, yeah, and like it seems like he's just from at least his story like perpetuating the cycle of like his father leaving him yeah. by being like this terrible father to his own children yeah and uh there's an interview clip with both his ex-wife and his daughter and both of them uh hate him yeah they are they are not fans and yeah. really don't have much sympathy and you know that uh, makes with sense. good reason you yeah know, it's like ugh. yeah Let's see, uh, he, he never calls his daughter. There's a clip of Yeah, you want me to cue that up real Okay, quick? yeah. Yeah, okay. So here's the daughter. He never called. He's never talked to me. Never contacted me. When your mom finally told you about your dad, what did she say about him? What kind of guy he was? A really bad guy. A liar. He always, she told me that he always lied all the time. He lied about lots of things. Okay. And uh, here's the ex-wife. He owed, from what I understand, quite a get a bad child support from Wendy, his first wife. So when he gets to Phoenix, he's now Brian Stewart. Uh, here are some other lies that he told to people while he was in Phoenix as Brian Stewart. He said that his parents were killed by drunk drivers. False. He made himself eight years younger. <laughs> and then he also said that he was this like military hero, that he was in Iraq and Afghanistan and uh, all these places, and he was in the military, but that is not the stuff he did. When you talked to Detective Moffat, when he sat you down, he asked you about your military record, and you said you'd been to Iraq and Afghanistan. You hadn't had you. Mm -mm. No, you lied. I was. You lied. Yeah. No, uh, no, he was a real garbage person when it comes to his military background. Yeah, the only thing he, I, I, I think, the only thing that I know for sure that he did was he went AWOL and he, he ended up stabbing um, the, a military police officer, possibly two of them. Yeah, that, that's not a good military track record. Yeah, that is the opposite of being in Iraq and Afghanistan and being a hero. <laughs> and then he ended up uh, doing two years in the clink. Uh, which is the jail. Which is, I, well, prison, I think. Oh, yeah? Yeah, prison. He was in a military oh, uh, yeah, prison, yeah. which I think is... Do they call it the clink? I call it the clink. Okay. I know that some people do call it the clink. Okay. I. I but you, you know there's a difference between jail and prison, right? I do. Uh, I don't personally know the difference. I do. <laughs> and jail is like when you're waiting uh, waiting trial and then prisons yeah, after you're yeah, sentenced yeah Pri prison is like prisons where uh, the shit goes down it's where the booty pirates are yeah no one likes that well depends on the place and the time and, and, and the person you are different but, strokes for different folks exactly prisons where you know you get the commissary where, where and then then the people take your commissary uh because you're a little bitch 
uh, cigarettes are currency. Cigarettes are currency, and then once someone gets shanked, they they will give you the shank, and then they'll walk away, which puts you in a bad position because now your only options are you could rat on the person who gave you the shank, which means you're gonna get shanked again, or they make you an accessory. So um, just no good, just no good. Yeah. So what you need to do is you need to get in a car. What do you mean by that? Uh, it, it's like, that's what they call being affiliated with a gang. With a gang. So you get protection. Yeah, I don't think I could affiliate with any gangs in there, though. Well, you would have to. I mean, and... and I, I, I heard if you just, like, keep your head down, you know. No, 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 that's not how it works. You would have to join the Aryan Brotherhood. Look, I know you're not <laughs> racist. I'm not racist. I'm a Jew, so that wouldn't work very well for me. But it, it's just something... I'm like Hispanic, but I'm white. Anyway, wouldn't work out well for either of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the things we would have to do. Uh, okay, so he never went to the University of Michigan either, but he did have a fake diploma. So, uh, no one could find any record of Jamie moving to Denver. Uh, Brian said that it was because she wanted to disappear and that he showed her how to disappear. After a year and a half, there was no physical evidence, there was no blood, there was no sign of a struggle in either uh, Jamie's place or his place. So they couldn't charge Brian. Yeah, there was no right evidence. Away. Yeah. None. Yeah, and, and by the way, we're just going to keep on calling him Brian because... That's what he prefers to be He called. prefers to be called in where... We're pen pals. No, uh, uh, just because it's too confusing. I'm, you know, it's it's tough enough already being dyslexic and 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 reading notes and stuff. So he was Brian in the beginning. He's going to be Brian from now on. But when I say Brian, think or at least know in your heart that I'm talking about Rick Wayne Valentini. Naturally, Rick Wayne Valentini. Sounds Italian, Wick Wayne Valentine. A little bit. I yeah. was thinking about that, but yeah. yeah. So, you know, the police are um, against a, a rock and a hard place. They have no... The, the, I didn't use that ex- expression correctly. But the police <laughs> are having trouble because there's no physical evidence. So basically, they have to uh, create an entirely circumstantial case. And they, do, and they go about doing this, uh, have, having like a digital investigation on both Jamie and Brian, you know, and kind of check their social media and their bank records and stuff like that. And while they're doing this, uh, in 2010, they charged Brian with fraud, six counts of forgery. And this is basically because they're just trying to buy their time. Yeah, because they know he's a flight risk. Yeah, exactly. Because he totally would be. If they let him out of jail, that guy'd be gone. Yeah. That's nervy, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty nerdy. <laughs> and pretty insensitive, too, isn't it? Um, yeah. You know, a little, because, well, let me let me explain. You used her credit cards to go on dating sites to meet other women. Well, you know what? Look, Jamie, Jamie was leaving. By the way, the 48-hour mystery, excellent. The interviewer yeah. is really good. Yeah, no, she is fantastic. She doesn't take shit from Yeah, she's kid. like, yeah, you're clearly a you know yeah, terrible he, person. Yeah, he's he's like, you you lied, you lied. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, no, you 
you lie. Right. <laughs> Police kind of get a break, though. They find a white envelope in Brian's condo in Scottsdale. And in this white envelope, they find Jamie's driver's license, Michigan ID, and several credit cards. And they're all cut up. Cut up to like a million pieces. So it's a bunch of little plastic pieces. Mm-hmm. Little plastic pieces. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, uh, Brian was all like, Jamie cut him up. You know, but... Uh, they tested the DNA on the envelope. Someone had to lick that envelope. So they tested the DNA. Guess whose DNA was on that envelope? Who was that? Guess. Jamie? No. <laughs> no, Brian Stewart. Brian Stewart. It's always Brian Stewart. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we go to the storage? Yeah, sure. You know, he was using uh, Jamie's credit cards for all sorts of things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, so he took Jamie's credit cards and he he uses it for a bunch of stuff, including making profiles and getting a membership on five dating websites. And he gives all his own bullshit on there. He doesn't change a goddamn thing. Like he's still Brian Stewart. He still went to the University of Michigan. All this, you know, he still gives the wrong age. Every lie he's been telling, he doesn't change a word of it. Go with what you know. Go with what you know. <laughs> and I know that this is the person I've been telling people that I am. Ugh, this guy. Yeah. But then he also used his card for something else, too. Right. Storage space. Yeah. Yep, so the police go to the storage space. That was paid for with Jamie's credit card. Yes. And they open it up, and they end up finding... Uh, an arsenal, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Like a bunch of guns. Yeah, like sawed-off shotguns and all sorts of weird stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I think... Was it one sawed-off? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And they find, like, a shovel caked with mud and like and all types of stuff. Yeah, like thick plastic wrap. Yeah. So, um, basically, like, uh, this dude saw Dexter and was like, I want to be Dexter. But he's not Dexter. Because... First off, Jamie was a really great person. Dexter only kills bad people. Yeah. But also, like, uh, the dude... Michael C. Hall? No, no, no. Brian. Oh, yeah. Dexter seems like... Kind of like a nice serial killer. He's not nice. Well, he is not... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm on the fence about that show in general, but... Okay. Um, (laughs) You know what? Like, okay. I I have no idea if Dexter influenced his decision... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on how to kill Jamie. But I'm sure this guy... This guy is such a, a, a tremendous narcissist. He's just such a complete piece of shit. That you know that his thinking was... Oh, I was just like, watch some television in about a serial killer. And I'll just do what that guy does. And think he could get away with it. You, you know that was his thought process, right? Yeah, it probably was. Yeah. Just like uh, just like a tremendous narcissist. Like, just delusions of grandeur. This guy's brain, you know, when, when he sees a map of the universe, it's his fucking face and all the planets, including the sun, are revolving around <laughs> it, you know? Yeah. And he, and he has just this smug look on his face. This guy sucks. Yeah, this guy is... 
terrible. Yeah. Which is why this is uh, such a great case because it's it's what? his downfall. It's his hoop. He's like the dude with the wings that goes too close to the sun. Oh, Icarus. Icarus. Yeah. He's, he's motherfucking Icarus, this guy. <laughs> so things are not looking good for uh, Brian Stewart. And then things just get worse because he ends up uh, going to prison and, and he ends up running off his big stupid narcissistic mouth and a jailhouse snitch gets involved. Basically what happened was he said to some other prisoner or jail per- he, uh, inmate <laughs> jail person jail person uh, <laughs> do you think they could charge me if they don't have a body? He said that to someone and uh, that person ended up being like now I'm testifying against you. Yeah, you like talk to his sentence. Yeah, yeah, he talked to his defense attorney, and he was like, "Hey, yeah. I have this information." Yeah. So after the jailhouse snitch comes around, they finally have enough to indict him on May twenty fourth, two thousand eleven. A grand jury indicts him on second degree murder and fraud, and the trial of Brian Stewart, aka Rick Wayne Valentini, begins. So there's uh, the prosecution puts on its case first. There, there's several witnesses for the prosecution. Uh, first witness that we're going to talk about is uh, Andrea Ardsma. Her husband is a professional baseball player. That's kind of why she was in Scottsdale. It was off season, and I don't know. I don't know anything about baseball. Well, he's uh, a pitcher. Well, in Arizona, there's a lot of training camps there. Mm-hmm. For all the major league teams. So basically in every city in Arizona, you know, there's a couple of them because you can train year round. Sure. Yeah. Sure. What do you think like they do off training if you play like cricket? Who plays cricket? I mean, it's basically like a European baseball game. Maybe they do it inside. Or maybe they go to India because cricket's really big there too. It is. But anyway... Uh, this first witness, her husband, was not a professional cricket player. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he was a professional baseball player, which is super different. But <laughs> this woman is a great witness. She, she is awesome on the stand. Basically, what happened was... Uh, uh, so, Brian Stewart was a personal trainer. And this Andrea was her client. She worked out at Gold's Gym. And on the stand, she basically says that uh, Brian Stewart said that Jamie was uh, naggy, whiny, bitchy. Like, well, and then we have the soundbite of some impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She gives an impression. Jamie the gut. Jamie the gut. Jamie the gut. <laughs> I mean, it's horrible. But, yeah. It's so but bad. I just want to say that her performance on the stand is 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 phenomenal you know yeah like if she did that line and would just like oh and she said uh and brian was like jamie like a jamie you know nobody would have it didn't wouldn't have the impact yeah it it wouldn't have resonated in the same way yeah but she very much embodied his douchiness (laughs) so good for her another witness for the prosecution was jamie's mom which is uh just incredibly heartbreaking 
You know, you could tell that even though they might have been, her, her and her parents might have been estranged a bit, I mean, you could tell that her mom was incredibly heartbroken. And once again, the, the prosecution is just kicking ass on this one. The other evidence that the prosecution presents is that Jamie found a new job in Phoenix. So, you know, the whole time Brian Stewart's saying she's in Colorado, she left for Colorado. No, she was in Colorado. She had a job in Phoenix, so there's no reason for her to go to Colorado. Um, another witness who was a lawyer friend of Jamie's mm-hmm. said that Jamie showed up with bruises. So they're trying to establish kind of like a domestic violence MO for, for Brian Stewart. And there was some history with uh, Brian Stewart or Rick right. Valentini or whatever with his ex-wife that there was a history of domestic violence. Yes. Uh, this guy uh, enjoyed hitting women, which... It further makes this guy worse and worse. He's yeah. like a fucking asshole. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a douche. Uh, it's getting more and more to the point where... As the prosecution is putting on its case, the jury's thinking. At, at first, you see Brian Stewart, and he's just sitting there, and you don't know anything about him. And if you don't know anything about him, like now, knowing what a type of person he is, I hate his face. I immediately hate his face. But if I didn't know that, I would look at his face and just be like, eh. Yeah, well, yeah, just he's, a a, face. he's just a normal looking dude. Yeah, but as this is going on, the jury's going, okay, this guy seems more and more likely to um, be a person to uh, kill his girlfriend. Finally, the jailhouse snitch took the stand, was like, yeah, this guy was all like, hey, if there's no body, can, can I get away with murder? You know, when it comes to jailhouse snitches, who gets stitches? I, I just I couldn't help myself. But uh, when it comes to jailhouse witnesses, the, the way it works is they have their testimony and then the defense is going to be like, hey, uh, what did you get for this testimony? Yeah. And what this guy got was he had a two-year sentence and they dropped a year off his sentence. So it's just something to note, you know. It's something to note, but it wasn't that much of a deal. One whole year. It's kind of a big deal. Two years, though. I don't. I, I mean, people would perjure the, themselves for a lot less. All right. Yeah. All right. Look, I'm I'm on your side. I hate <laughs> this guy, but I'm just saying, <laughs> you know. And then the, this is the best part, and this is why the guys like Icarus. <laughs> or he's like the dude who looks into the water and falls in love with his reflection and ends up drowning himself. That guy. Yeah. He's like all the pieces of shit from Greek mythology. Right? Th- this is why this guy's so great. He ends up, and by great I mean awful, he ends up taking the stand in his own defense. Yeah, against the... Like, Advice of everyone. Yeah, everyone was like, no, everyone. The, don't do the lawyers, <laughs> his lawyers, like even the jurors were like, <laughs> really? Yeah, it's, 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 it's like he, you know, at the end of the day, and everyone's glad he did it because, uh, man, did he look like um, a complete sociopath. But at the end of the day, the dude convicted himself. Like without that guy's testimony... It would have been close, right? 
Yeah, he probably wouldn't have been convicted if he had not gone on the stand. Maybe he would have been convicted, but... Well, he would have still, like, the fraud stuff would have stuck, but there was nothing on him in the murder thing. Yeah, I mean, there's been other people, though, that have been convicted without a body and also didn't testify in their own defense. I mean, it could have happened. But there were no witnesses or anything? Well, I don't know. I think it might have... I'm not sure exactly if he wouldn't have got convicted if he didn't testify. But all I'm saying is, after his testimony, it was a cinch. Oh, yeah. 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 Prosecution was like, all right. Yeah. So, lock it up. Yeah. I mean, this guy is just like, okay, so let's roll a soundbite of kind of like his reasoning behind it. All right. Cool. Yeah. I am the only human being who knows what happened. Yeah. So he's like, I'm the only one who knows. And I'm... And anybody watching it is like, you mean you're the only one that knows that you killed her, you know? <laughs> so just watching his testimony is, is freaking hilarious. He does this thing where he gets asked a question and he looks straight at the jury for every answer. He's not looking at his attorney. And uh, for whatever reason, it, it just makes it so much worse. They ask him about the credit cards. Why do you feel that you had permission to use the cards? Even from our first date, it was literally an instruction to use them. He says that uh, Jamie was still in Phoenix long after she supposedly disappeared. Oh, yeah, and that uh, he said that she would break into his condo, and the reason that he knew was because things would be moved around slightly. Not break in. She had a key. Ah, she had a key. But anyway, bananas. Yeah, yep. He said that he continued to communicate with her. And uh, let's just play this thing from 48 hours you have told people that if you had a computer you could find her i've got a computer here you want to try i've got my ipad here how would you find her i i would have to look on mine um i mean if i got this whole thing set up could you i mean if you could no because find I, her- I need to get into my computer because there's a special email site that we were working through you, you must know, Brian, that that sounds a little crazy that you would have given this information to your attorneys and they wouldn't go looking for the one person who could save you from going to prison for life. I, you know, I, I, I told them that, and I never heard anything. <laughs> sounds absolutely crazy. Um, is she, he keeps on saying Jamie's alive. No. Jamie Liety is alive. But prosecutor Juan Martinez wasn't buying any of it. You didn't actually talk to her in that condo, did you? No. You have not seen her at any time, and she hasn't walked in now, right? Right. And she won't walk in because you killed her, right? Wrong. Yeah. Once again, like, if you're ever on Jeopardy, and the question is, who... In the history of criminal law has ever, you know, convicted themselves for their own testimony. The answer is, who is Brian Stewart, a.k.a. Rick Valentini. Rick Wayne Valentini. Yeah, or vice versa. Yeah. If if you're on Jeopardy, you know, that's the answer you give to, like, you know, put you over the top on double Jeopardy, I get a quarter of your prize money. Sure, that sounds good. Okay. So, so did we hit it? Did we hit the whole case? Yeah, uh, just a couple more things. So the day before 
Thanksgiving 2011, the prosecution and defense rested. Then the jury verdict come back. They said he's guilty of murder and fraud. Naturally. I just couldn't understand. You know? Yes. The jurors who said basically uh, that like his testimony is what made me be like, yeah, let's say this guy's guilty. The first 10 minutes of his testimony, any doubt I had that he was solely responsible for the murder of Jamie had been sealed at that moment in time. Jamie took $100,000 and she left the state of Arizona. I've said it for 18 months, I say it now, and I'm gonna say it for the next 18 years. Yeah, and that's it. That's the um, ballad of Jamie Lady slash Brian Stewart slash Rick Wayne Valentini. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess, you know, thank you guys so much for listening. I want to thank our sponsors. Uh, Beauty Wig Shop. Yeah, yeah. If you're wigging out, we'll wig you out. <laughs> All right, but uh, thanks so much. And um, hopefully, one day, you know, at the end of these podcasts, we could say things like if you want to uh, be in touch with us, here's our Patreon and Facebook and yeah. Twitter. But we don't have any of that. We don't even know if anyone's going to hear these. But anyway, all right, well, it was fun. And uh, Thank you so much. Uh, I've been Aaron Black. Hey, this is Nick Luna. And thanks for listening to Love is Amazing, but it's also bullshit and could get you murdered. Love is amazing, but it's also bullshit, and it might also get you murdered.